Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Hey, I'm back. I'm back. Here I am. How's everyone doing? We're back on the air on this Thursday night. I was in uh, beautiful Orange County, California. I was in uh, Anaheim, California for a few days. I went down there to um, to watch the Yankees play. The Yankees play the, the California Angels. And uh, the Yankees lost all three games. They were swept. It was tough. It was a tough week. It really was. You know, when you're a Yankee fan, you expect constant winning. Constant winning every year. Must win every year. Must win every year. But that doesn't happen, obviously, in sports. But it's not like they've won recently, right? It's been 14 years since 2009. So this is not a one of those spoiled things where, you know, they've won a lot recently. In fact, they haven't been to a World Series uh, in 14 years. So, you know, it's uh, we're starting to get into the cycle of uh, not winning championships and there have been periods in Yankee history where they've gone you know 10 15 20 years without winning championships but usually after that period they win a lot of championships we're getting to the point now where it's kind of at the end of that period of not winning and we expect to start winning again you know especially when you know it's not like there were times when there wasn't as much money spent as there is now you know there were times when the uh, organization didn't spend a lot of money, didn't really go for it. And they have, and yet they continue to lose. But I'm not going to bother you with all of that stuff. I'm not going to bother you with the fact that, you know, the Yankees have have not won in a long time and that it went to Anaheim and they lost all three games. But, you know, it's a beautiful place. It really is, you know. It's, it's very quiet. It's much different than Los Angeles. I guess they, they call it the uh, Inland Empire, you know, the Inland Empire. So uh, uh, it's quiet, it's clean. It's very different than Democrat-run cities. It's, it's one of the more conservative. It's one of the more conservative cities in California. And you can tell, you know, right away because it's clean, low crime. You feel safe. You feel like you can walk in the streets at any time of day or night and not have to worry. You know, it's right by Disneyland. So it's a it's a nice, quiet place. Now, it is quiet. So if you're looking for a lot of excitement, you know, uh, outside of uh, Disneyland and such, and, they, and the ball games or hockey games at the Honda Center, there's not much going on. You know, so it's very quiet, laid back. If you like a place to go where you can sleep... Not a lot of noise, city city noise. You know, Orange County is uh, is really nice. So, um, yeah, basically that is, uh, you know, where I was for a few days, which is why there was no show because I was out after the games, having fun with friends, going out to eat, drinking, trying to drown my sorrows of the Yankees losing every single game. But I do recommend Orange County. I recommend Angels Stadium. Very nice stadium. The Angels fans, baseball fans, are much different than the Dodger fans, even though they're only a few miles apart. 
they're not like uh, aggressive like the Dodger fans are. Dodger fans can be assholes, but the Angels fans, I can only imagine if this kind of a thing had happened at Dodger Stadium and the Yankees had been swept there, it would have been probably very difficult with the Dodger fans. But the Angel fans, nothing. They didn't rub it in. They didn't get in our faces. They didn't taunt us. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, the difference between the fans. Why Why do you think that is? Why are Dodger fans so aggressive when Angels fans are, are so milquetoast and they're just separated by a few miles? Wonder. Wonder where it comes from. It could come from the, the, the makeup of the Dodger fan, right? It could come from, it could also come from the rivalry, right? The Yankees, Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, LA Dodgers played in the World Series several times. It could come from that also, right? But uh, there's certainly a difference. There's certainly a difference. But I, I, I also, but I, I, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly recommend uh, Orange County and Anaheim if you want to, uh, if you want to enjoy yourself, you know, have a good time, relax, and uh, get away from the uh, get away from the big cities, get away from the big Democrat-run shitholes. Head down to Orange County, California. And the great thing is also, oh, I do want to also mention John Wayne Airport, also known. It has a million different names. It has Santa Ana. I think S N A is the other letters. It's also known as. Orange County Airport, really nice. I mean, so clean, well run, easy to get in and out of. And as I was waiting for my plane today, uh, there was a girl singing. I felt like I was on a cruise ship. There was like a girl singing, entertaining <laughs> the travelers as they're sitting waiting for their plane. So I didn't. I had never seen that before. Has anyone ever seen before in an airport entertainment, live entertainment? Uh, she was great. She was great. She was singing and people giving her tips. And there was like a wine bar behind her that you could go to and relax. So I wish every airport were like John Wayne Airport. You know, it was just a really good experience. Um, so but she she was singing, though. One of, one of the songs she was singing was Free Falling. You might not want to sing. I don't, think, I don't think she realized the song she was singing. That she was singing free falling, but that's what she was singing. Uh, and uh, that's interesting. You know, that's like funny. That's like the airplane, the movie, when they're watching <laughs> the movies of, of of plane crashes. You know, so that's just, just a funny little tidbit there. But it was great. You know, every airport should have live entertainment like that because it's really, really calming. You know, it's really nice if there are any delays, at least you have something there, right? some entertainment. So I think that's a great idea for more airports to put live entertainment, you know, and I think that would be, you know, be smart for them to do, especially these days where traveling is so arduous. Just the process of traveling is incredibly arduous, right? People hate it. They don't want to do it. The process, the security, the screening, all the stuff you have to go through. It's nice to have some something to calm you down. I'm always looking for something to calm me down, you know? So speaking of being calm, um, I'm going to try to remain calm through this. So, you know, when you're away for a few days, I wasn't watching the news. I didn't watch any news, believe it or not. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. I didn't watch any news for three days. 
So today, as I'm getting ready to do the show again, I'm like, well, I guess I better know of any new things that may have happened over the last few days. So there are a couple of things, but the thing that really sticks out, obviously, is the uh, testimony of RFK Jr. in front of Congress about uh, uh, COVID misinformation and, and censorship and all of this stuff. Yeah, fentanyl. Thank you, Daniel. Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Fentanyl will calm me down. Yeah, it will. It'll double me over and make me cocaine. No, cocaine the opposite. Exactly. I won't do cocaine and I probably won't do fentanyl. Um, but I'll keep you, you know, update on that stuff. But, you know, the RFK Jr. stuff. So he's in front of Congress and he's talking about the censorship that we've seen, you know, the Twitter censorship. And he's, uh, talking about the, the COVID uh, censorship, the way certain voices such as his were censored and silenced. And uh, in, instead of the Democrats saying, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming forward because we believe in free speech. We want more free speech. Whether we agree with it or not, we, whether we agree with what you are saying or not, we want you to say it. And we want you to always be able to say it. And that wasn't, of course, the case. As I've said on this show, and I'll play some clips, as I've said on the show a million times, Democrats don't like the Constitution. They just they just don't. It's simple. It's, it's a fact. It's not even my opinion. It's just a fact. They hate the First Amendment. They hate the Second Amendment. They had several others we can go through, but the first and the second, they hate the most. They like speech when they agree with it. When they don't agree with it, they want to censor it. They want to call you a terrorist. And they did a lot of that today with RFK Jr. proving my point. There's actually a point here with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I know you might have thought that she was gone. Everyone was hoping she was gone, but, you know, she's actually still there, believe it or not. Um, I guess DeSantis hasn't, uh, you know, waking up everybody in Florida, but certain districts are still incredibly crazy, wacko left wing. And so she's still around. And uh, she's something with her hair. Does she not know what a hair dryer is? I wonder if she doesn't know what a hair dryer is because her hair always looks wet. Someone, someone get that woman a hair dryer. But so she's talking and she's actually trying to censor him. So they're doing a, a this, 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 the discussion on, uh, on censorship and free speech. And the Democrats are trying to make the point that basically it's all made up. And as they're doing that, they're trying to censor the person that's talking. While they're trying to talk about her, everything he's saying is made up and never happened. They're trying to censor him, proving, of course, they're pro-censorship. Um, and so they're trying to actually, she actually said something like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't allow him. I'll play it. I'll play all of the stuff. Um, but this is no surprise because they hate the First Amendment. They hate the Second Amendment. We know that. They only want, this is the Democrats. This is basically what they believe in. They believe in free speech when they agree with it, when it's coming from them. And they believe in the Second Amendment. I've always said they don't believe in it. I should correct myself. They believe criminals should have guns. They have no problem with criminals having guns. They don't want law-abiding citizens to be able to protect themselves and defend themselves from those criminals. So they believe in the Second Amendment when it comes – they believe in the First Amendment when it comes to their speech, their right to speech. That's it. And they believe in the Second Amendment when it comes to criminals being allowed to have as many guns as they want. They just don't want you – to be able to defend yourself. And they have no problem with the government having as many guns, people who work for the government, uh, having as many guns, people who protect politicians. We've seen that all the time, right? Security detail, but they can have guns. The government can have weapons, but you can't protect yourself 
from everyday criminals and possible incursions by the government. So that's what they believe in, the Democrats. And they continue to prove this time and time again. Every time something comes up, they prove that they would love to rewrite most of the Constitution to suit them, to make them uh, feel better. Um, and they keep on proving that point over and over and over again. So here's, let me just get to one little clip. And this was actually posted by Dr. One of the good doctors, one of the good COVID doctors, Goddick, G-O-D-D-E-K. And Simon said, Simon said, uh, it's hard to believe, but the DNC is attempting to prevent Bobby Kennedy Jr. from speaking at a hearing on censorship. So this is, I think, if I can cue this up. Hearing may tend to... And, sorry, just a little bit ahead there. Let me get this. I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind. I'm still in Orange County mode. Incriminate okay. the witness. There we go. Come on, I'm Mike. Here we go. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to raise... I'd like to raise a point of order. General lady, state of point of order. Point of order pursuant to House Rule 11, Clause 2, which Mr. Kennedy is violative of. I move that we remove into executive session because Mr. Kennedy has repeatedly made despicable anti-Semitic and anti-Asian comments as recently as last week. Rule 11, Clause 2 says, whenever it is asserted by a member of the committee that the evidence or testimony at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate any person, or it is asserted by a witness that the evidence or testimony that the witness would give at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate the witness, and it goes on. Mr. Kennedy, uh, among many other things, has said, I know a lot now about bioweapons. We put out hundreds of millions of dollars in, into ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there is an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. The races that are most immune to COVID-19 are... The lady making a motion or a speech? I, and I've made a motion to move into executive session because Mr. Kennedy's testimony... Mr. Chairman, and I move to table the motion. Gentleman from Kentucky has moved to table. Mr. Chairman, I ask for a roll call vote on the, on the motion to table. Well, let me ask the question. The question is on the motion to table. The gentlelady has asked for a roll call vote. The clerk will... will happy to vote. Step back for a second. The clerk will have to come in. We'll call the roll on the motion table, and then we can get back to testimony. I think the witnesses can sit in the chairs sitting behind. Um, I'll leave that up to the clerks. If the clerks are comfortable with that, yeah, why don't we do that? Maybe we can go right down here. Mr. 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 Chairman, point of order. Gentleman, Louisiana. Is it the custom of this committee to censor viewpoints that we disagree with from witnesses? Mr. Chairman, I have, a, not motion. A, point I have of a motion on the table. There's a motion and the vote's been called. We're waiting, we're waiting, waiting for the We're waiting for the clerks. Is violative of waiting Rule 11, Clause 2. Waiting for the clerks. Clerk will call the roll. Mr. Jordan. Yes. Mr. Jordan votes yes. Mr. Issa. Mr. Massey. Yes, to not censor. Mr. Massey votes yes. Mr. Stewart. Yes. Mr. Stewart votes yes. Mr. S Ms. Stefanik. Yes. Ms. Stefanik votes yes. Mr. Gates. Mr. Johnson of Louisiana. Yes. Mr. Johnson of Louisiana votes yes. Mr. Armstrong. Yes. Mr. Armstrong votes yes. Mr. Stubbe. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Bishop votes yes. Ms. Kamak. Yes. Ms. Kamak votes yes. Ms. Hageman. Yes. Ms. Hageman votes yes. Ms. Poskett. No, I want to follow the rules that the Republicans made at the beginning of this uh, conference. 
with these House rules, so no. Ms. Pascat votes no. Mr. Lynch? No. Mr. Lynch votes no. Ms. Sanchez? No, because it's violative of the rules. Ms. Sanchez votes no. Ms. Wasserman Schultz? No to allowing a witness to degrade and violate the rules and not have his testimony and degradation and amplified rather than given an executive session. Ms. Wasserman Schultz votes no. Mr. Connolly? No to the Soviet Politburo. Mr. Connolly votes no. Mr. Garamendi? No. Mr. Garamendi votes no. Mr. Allred? Ms. Garcia? No. Ms. Garcia votes no. Mr. Goldman? No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no. Mr. Gates? Yes. Mr. Gates? Aye. Mr. Gates votes aye. Clerk will report. Mr. Chairman, there are 10 ayes and 8 noes. Uh, the, the motion to base. Thank you. Okay, so basically what happened there was the Democrats voted to censor uh, Bobby Kennedy and not allow him to speak based on the fact they disagree with what he says. And you, you heard one particularly despicable Democrat say, no to hate speech, meaning no to speech I disagree with. So when they talk about RFK Jr. being anti-Semitic, of course that's backtrack crazy. These Democrats are, are fucking idiots. They really are. They're despicable, disgusting scumbags. So, of course, that's nonsense. But um, he has criticized someone like uh, George Soros in the past. And, of course, he's probably criticized, as I have, and will continue to, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who tries to be as Jewish as possible. If you can't be more Jewish than Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So she tries to be as Jewish as possible, which is fine. If you like being Jewish, you can be Jewish. Sometimes I'll do Italian, over-the-top Italian. Hey, you doing? How you doing? You know, Italian Brooklyn, ma- tough mafia guy. So sometimes I get into those things. But Debbie Debbie likes being likes being Jewish. She, she likes wearing it on her sleeve, which is she can do that if she wants. But so criticizing people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, criticizing her positions, criticizing her uh, stance on free speech, being against free speech, criticizing George Soros for backing DAs that let out criminals to kill people. Democrats consider that anti-Semitic. They call that anti-Semitic. Whenever you criticize someone who happens to be Jewish, they you're, you're, anti, you're anti-Semitic. That's their idea of anti-Semitism. Once again, speech that they disagree with is hate speech. Speech that they disagree with should not be allowed. You should not even be allowed to talk. Now, with some people who don't have the cachet and clout like uh, RFK Jr. has, they don't really care, right? It doesn't affect them that much. But you can tell, as I'll go through these clips, RFK Jr. being who he is, the Kennedy name, the cachet, of the Kennedy name, the clout that that brings with it. They are afraid of RFK Jr. So they want to silence our, if Mike Kachopoli were there saying these things that RFK Jr. was, they wouldn't go through this roll call of let's stop Mike Kachopoli from talking. They wouldn't care. I wish they did care, but they don't care. But RFK Jr., they has such, such cachet being a Kennedy. And remember, remember a lot of people who talk are not like lifelong Kennedy 
family. Think about that. This is lifelong. This is a this was this was the party of Can the Democrats were the party of Kennedy. Think about that. And now you'll have a Kennedy criticizing Democrats, and that really gets to them. So they want to silence him. And because, of course, he's so much more intelligent than people who speak, right? Like most people who speak and criticize things the Democratic Party has done, they'll just label them as like Trumpers, right? Or Republicans, like they tried to do with ridiculously with like Michael Schellenberger, right? Or, 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 or Matt Taibbi. But they can't do that with Kennedy, with RFK. He's a lifelong Democrat. God knows how much money he's given to Democratic campaigns through the decades, right? So they can't call him a Trumper. They can't call him a, oh, well, they'll try maybe. Some people on Twitter will try, but there are a lot of morons on Twitter. But it's hard for them to do that because he's a Kennedy, right? And the Democrats were the party of Kennedy. So he really gets to them. He hits them in the nerve. He hits that nerve, right? So they have to try to get him to stop speaking, right? I mean, they could do this all the time with people, right? They could say, oh, uh, these rules that we have, all these rules they have are hate speech. And uh, we're not going to allow, we don't have to, our ears don't have to hear it, right? So let's do it in committee, whatever the fuck they talk about, executive. And, um, you know, all these fakakta rules we have here in this country, instead of other countries where they just talk, right? Other countries like Great Britain, they yell, they talk to each other. They're like China, they punch each other in the face. That's the way it actually should be. That's actual real freedom, okay? That's actually real, the way it should be. It should, there shouldn't be all these fucking decorum protocol bullshit rules they come up with to try to get people from stop talking to stop talking. Oh, you're being very anti-Semitic. Oh, you're being so aggressive. We can't allow that here. We can't allow that here. We are, we're, we're so above reproach. We're all crooks. We're all crooks. We're all lifelong crooks. But we can't allow this stuff. It's such nonsense. So they're trying to get him to stop because what he says hits a nerve and really hurts and is all truth. And what he did today, he destroyed the Democrats. He destroyed them. He told them a new asshole. Okay, here and once again, this is this is the citizen free press putting these little great snippets on Twitter and is headed. The, the heading is RFK Jr. rips his Democrat colleagues. Once again, his Democrat colleagues. That's why this really hurts. This is like when a family member criticizes you as opposed to someone from outside the family. That's the big difference. And he's with he's from. Inside their family, the family's changed. It's been bastardized. It's been taken over by lunatics. Uh, but it's been taken over by crazy uncles and aunts like Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, but, but it's still the Democrat party and it's still the, it's still his party. It's still his family, familia, if you will. Um, so here's one of his, if I can cue this up here, I'll try to do this the right way. Hold on. I have never told any. On, I have never told the public. Avoid having trouble with queuing things up these days. Okay, here we go. If by your leave, I'd like to just respond Please. briefly uh, to some of the uh, what I would call defamations that have been uh, just applied to me by the ranking member. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you about my opinions on these issues, what you, the, what you have stated and tried to associate me with uh, through guilt by association is simply inaccurate. Virtually everything, every statement 
that you just made about me is inaccurate. I have never advised black Americans not to receive vaccines. At one point you say I'm anti-vax and that's a bad thing. The other thing, the other moment you point out that all my children are vaxxed. I fact, I'm fully compliant with the vaccine schedule myself, except for COVID. I, I, I took flu vaccines for 20 years straight. I have never been anti-vax. I have never told any, I have never told the public of vaccination. The only thing I've asked for, and my views are constantly misrepresented so that the truth of what I believe it's not, we're not allowed to have a conversation with, about that with the American people, which I believe vaccines should be tested with the same rigor as other medicines and medications. You tried to associate me a moment ago with the replacement theory, which is racist. No, I did not say you. Belongs to the gentleman from I said I my colleagues. The time belongs to the gentleman from I denounced that theory. It is racist. And I have never endorsed it or had any association with it. Our film on a medical point. By the medical way, Bill Buxton, Bill Buxton, who is the black CDC official who ultimately exposed the Tuskegee experiment, tried for years and years to appeal to, to CDC to stop it for 40 years. Finally, he got relief by walking into my uncle's office in the building next door Teddy held hearings and ended the experiment. I remember that very well. And to say that that I, I wrote a, I created a film that encourages blacks not to get adequate medical care is just completely abhorrent. If the, Don't if use, the, use my it's words. It's the witness's time. Do not censor the witness. I'm not censoring the witness. I'm not censoring the witness. He's still talking. It is the, it's I it's my time and I've given it to the witness. Do not censor him. I'm if not they, censoring him. If the views that you and others have applied to me, I've attributed to me, if they were actually true, I can see why I shouldn't be able to testify here today. Those are not true. These are defamations and malignancies that are used to censor me to prevent people from listening to the actual things that I'm saying. And I think, ranking member, that we should have a real conversation rather than an exchange of ad hominem attacks. And answer very quickly to your question, the term malinformation was coined to describe information that Facebook and Twitter and the other social media sites understood was true, but that the White House and other federal agencies wanted censored anyway for political reasons because it challenged official orthodoxies. I'll give you one example. There was a, I was included in a group called the Disinformation Dozen. Mm -hmm. And and Facebook and others were asked to censor us, which they did. And by the way, my heck, Aaron post, it was taken down. My whole Instagram account with 900,000 people was taken down because of that. Oh, they knew, Facebook knew that the disinformation doesn't claim it. And what they said, if the disinformation doesn't came from this very shady group called the Center for Preventing Digital Hate in England that's funded by dark money. That should be looked into. They claim that 65% of the vaccine misinformation on the internet was generated by those 12 people. Facebook itself said that is impossible. That is false information. We know that not to be true. 
And yet, when the White House asked them to censor this disinformation dozen, including me, they did it anyway when they knew it to be untrue. If I so, there's RFK Jr. talking about uh, malinformation, which is they made it up. The government made that made that up. Basically, that's information that they didn't like, that they didn't agree with, that they wanted censored malinformation they call it i've never heard of have you ever heard of malinformation before the last three years i've heard of disinformation but not mal information they made up all these terms um and before that he was talking about the way they label him a racist and then you know they what's amazing about democrats is they're sitting there saying we don't want him to speak because he's a racist and anti-semite and then he he says that's all garbage and then they say, don't use our words against us. Well, they just said he was a racist and anti-Semite. They just said it like two seconds before. And then he's calling them on their bullshit. And they're saying, well, I never said that, sir. I never said that, sir. I never said that, sir. Well, you just fucking said it. That's why you don't want him to talk, right? Because he's, he's supposedly a proven racist and anti-Semite. Um, if, if being a racist doesn't allow you to speak, most Democrats should not be allowed to speak ever. Because we know they are the biggest racists of all. They use race to win elections. They use race baiting to win elections, right? To gain power, to have power and influence, to make money and get rich off the backs of blacks and Latinos and Asians. We know that. They've always done that. They've done it since the beginning of fucking time. They've always been the party of racism. They've always been the racist party. So if that's the qualifications, then Democrats should never, ever be able to speak ever, which would probably be better for the world. But I digress. I digress. So that's one clip from uh, RFK Jr. There, there are more. There are more. Once again, the point here being that he is a Democrat. That's what they can't stand. It's rare that they have not just any Democrat, but a lifelong Democrat named Kennedy who can talk about his father being in that office and his uncle being in that building, the cachet, his uncle is JFK and his father is RFK, both assassinated. And it used to be the party of Kennedy. It was a much better party, by the way, when it was the party of Kennedy. Now it's the party of what is the party of now? We don't even know. I say the party of Obama and Biden and Clinton. But it's is, is it even that? I don't know what it is. You can't really define it anymore. It's the party, especially the party of of, uh, of left-wing lunatics is a party of people who are against democracy, who are against free speech. And so this really gets at them that you have a Kennedy there, a Kennedy who they know is also running at the same time, running against their beloved old fucking demented fool Biden, who they want to protect. So this really hits home. And so they tried to go at him, but of course he totally destroyed them because he's two things. He's not just smarter than all of them. He's more honest and a better person than all of them. I'll play more clips, but we have our first caller of the night. This is uh, this is uh, someone who calls themselves domestic. Hey, domestic, how are you? How are you, Mike? Doing good. Doing good. A few days in uh, sunny, warm SoCal, and now I'm back in cold, fentanyl-ridden. Oh, California, you're back already. Welcome back. Uh, I know you I'm missed here. it badly. Um, I have a message to fucking Jews and fucking blacks who twist words of fact and statistics and studies and turn them upside down to make it sound like it's racism that 
This is exactly why racism exists, because of the Jews and the blacks like them, because of Stacey Plaskett and because of uh, Wasserman Schultz, uh, uh, like, uh, the likes of, of, of people like them. Yeah. Uh, you know, this reminds me uh, that my second girlfriend was black, and one time casually I mentioned a statistic, okay, that 80% of incarcerated were whatever, black, or I don't remember what the statistics. And uh, um, all I said, I didn't say it was justified and justified. There were historical, systemic reasons, whatever. I just cited statistics. Oh, you're racist. How dare you say that? So uh, this has to stop if we want to be serious about addressing it and, you know, having a normal society. Well, look, Debbie Wasserman Schultz loves wearing her Jewish heritage on her sleeve. She does. That's the thing she does. Now, she doesn't do it because she's proud to be a Jew. She does it because she wants to be able to call everyone she disagrees with anti-Semitic, right? If I'm really Italian and I, I'm always flaunting my Italian heritage, then it gives me the right to say, hey, you know what? You're anti-Italian. You're an, I can tell you don't like me. You don't agree with me. And everyone knows I'm such a proud Italian that I can call you anti-Italian because you're coming after me just because I'm Italian, because you know I'm Italian, because I'm always fucking shoving it in your face. So she's always shoving her, her Judaism in everyone's face, just once again, not because she's a proud, if you're a proud Jew, great, love it. But she does it because she wants to be able to do this. She wants to be able to weaponize her Jewish heritage. And the proof is she does all of the time. Whenever someone disagrees with her take, they're anti-Semitic. Just like Scott Wiener. Well, I don't know. Scott Wiener, I don't even think of him as being Jewish, but I guess he is. You know, but, you know, it's like, but she is, she has this look. Remember, she was very big, right, when she was the head of the DNC. So she was always up front with this. She was always doing this. She's always done it. It's her modus, it's her M.O. It's her M.O., okay? And I appreciate RFK Jr. not shoving that in her face. I would have. But that's what she does. Just as so she can do that. We see this from people who are in politics who are black. And they always shoving it in people's faces. Their they're black heritage. They're, everything's about race. Everything's about being black. And they do it on purpose. Not because they're proud to be black. Because they want to be able to shove it in people's faces and use it as a weapon. And say, oh, you know what? You know why you disagree with me? You're racist. They yeah. do it all the fucking time. The Democrats are the party of anti-Semitism. They are the party of racism. And they keep on... Yeah, Daniel, you're right. It's her cloak. It's her cloak that she wears. And I the think, proof uh... is she always does it. And that's amazing, is that people like DWF, the Democrats, will they love calling anyone who disagrees with them conspiracy theorists. Yet they're always using their heritage like she does to say you're to everyone to her is anti-semitic is that not being a conspiracy theorist that everyone out there is anti-semitic or mm -hmm. everyone out there that some of these black politicians say are racist isn't that a conspiracy that everyone's against you everyone's against blacks everyone's against jews these are actual real nutty conspiracies but these people do it just to get the political edge if your beloved DeSantis was able to ban vaccine mandates, why can't he ban her, ban her from Florida? I wish he, I wish he would. I wish, I wish 
the people in her district could see how, in other words, they live in a great state, not because of her. They live in a great state that everyone wants to live in because of him, because of Ron DeSantis's conservative policies, not because of DWS's uh, extreme liberal policies. So those people aren't going to wake up, though. They're not. That district is too far gone, right? That's like saying, you know, San Francisco is going to elect DeSantis. It's not going to happen. So W. Wasserman Schultz knows that she has a job as long as she wants. So she doesn't have to be honest. She doesn't have to be. Plus, many of the people in the district are Jewish. Look, I always talk about people like electing black in, in heavily black districts. They elect black people just because they're black. And they do. But they do it in Jewish districts, too. So one of the reasons why she wins all the time is because she's a Jew. And once again, she's always wearing it on her sleeve as a proud Jew just to win elections, to get votes. So she knows she doesn't have to be honest. She doesn't have to be an honest broker. She needs to domestic. What do I talk about all the time? She needs to play to her audience to stay in power. All right. Stay in her audience, just like a black politician will claim everything is racism. So their voters vote for them all the time. She's going to claim anti-Semitism all the time. So her voters who are just as crazy as she is when it comes to that stuff, vote for her all the time. That's all it's about. So you have RFK Jr., who's not about politics. He's about honesty, okay? Yeah. He, he is someone who's a rare breed of someone who's honest, who talks through honesty, whether he wins because of it or doesn't. He doesn't yeah. care. In fact, hell, the guy is 69, right? And it's his first time running for president. He could have run for president several times. But he cares more about, like, actually getting stuff done, right? Actually getting shit done. And uh, he's honest. And they can't deal with that. They can't deal with an honest broker who talks plainly and directly and calls them on their bullshit. You know, I've been thinking about uh, all this crime lately that we see. And, of course, it disproportionately comes from blacks. I'm talking about robberies, shoplifting, and uh, clearly constantly talking about blacks being the victims and the system failing them empowers the cr the criminals, right? Hey, the system fucked us, so we're going to fuck it back, right? What do we care? Well, yes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, you have someone like RFK Jr. and he's there, and this really proves how low these Democrats are. You have a guy who is telling the truth, who's always fought for justice. They, they're supposed to be these big environmental activists. They're not, obviously. Um, but this guy's been, they're environmental activists when it's politically convenient to get votes, right? To talk about climate change and global warming and use it as a weapon to get votes. He has actually been an environmentalist. He has actually fought for clean air and clean water for decades. That's what he's been doing. While they've been jerking off in Congress, living off the public tit, he has actually been doing real work in getting clean air and clean water into areas that need it. And let me tell you, they know that his reputation among people with a fucking IQ above 50 is great. People love him, right? And they'll try everything they can to sully him because they don't want him to get any momentum in this, in this primary. You know, they don't want to get any momentum against Biden. So, which is, once again, they've proven that by not having a fair primary. They won't let Biden debate him because, you, come on, listen to RFK. Even with his voice, you kick Biden's ass, you know, because yeah. you're going to have a guy who's totally honest against a guy who's a total 
dishonest crook, we'll get more into that in a bit, there's more uh, evidence now that he's a criminal, Biden. But and they don't want that. They don't want that matchup. It's very disappointing and dis- and dis- disheartening that the mainstream Democrats tolerate this and they're okay with um, with uh, RFK being treated that way. Like what? Like the mainstream Democrats? I mean, they're all for it. No, but you would think that they would want to give a fair share to another Democrat. But no, and... they don't care. They don't, look, they didn't really give a fair share to Bernie, right? Right, they didn't give a fair share. Oh, they once again, what what they were able to do with Bernie, what they can't do with RFK is what was one of their arguments against Bernie? He wasn't a real Democrat, right? He was independent, but the guy's a Democrat. Come on, you know. So, but that was one of their weaponizations against Bernie Sanders was the establishment says he was a fake Democrat running just as a Democrat to win, even though he constantly voted with the Democrats for decades. But they can't do that with Kennedy. The Kennedy name. There's no there's no more D Democrat than the Kennedy name. And they know that. And this really hurts them to have a, a real lifelong Democrat, right? Running Democrat, a Kennedy, criticizing them and calling them on their bullshit. Uh it must shock them to their core. So all they can do is try to do what he said, ad hominem attacks, racists. They can't once again. You don't see the Democrats talking about any issues, right? Where Where no, is there no. evidence that what he's saying is wrong? Where is there evidence that refutes what he says about what the government did with Twitter and the censorship and the malinformation and the COVID stuff? Where is there evidence to refute anything he has to say about that? They don't have it. They know he's right. So all they can do is try to have these these ad hominem attacks against him to try to sully his reputation, to try to make it look like he's a bad person, so everything he says is wrong. And his testimony about censorship was so good today, so inspiring. Yeah, I'll get to that. There was a couple of really good statements yeah. he made about free speech and the importance of, uh, of, of free speech. And what's very sad for the Democrat Party is that every Republican agrees with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every Republican there agreed with the word he said. And they were clapping, right? And they were clapping. And there were 18 people there, 18, and eight of them wanted him censored. They were all Democrats, right? So that's very sad. And it shows it shows where the party is. Every Democrat there wanted him to not be able to speak because they were afraid of what he has to say. And they know it's the truth. And they're afraid of the truth as Jack Nicholson once said in the movie. Well, let's hear him. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, let's hear him now. Absolutely. Thanks, Domestic. Thanks Thank for you. calling. I appreciate Thank it. You. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit more of Kennedy today speaking the truth. And this is this is interesting. This is how pathetic Democrats. I don't know who this guy is. What's his name? He's Mr. Nobody. But uh, no-name Democrat tells Bobby Kennedy Jr., that he's bringing shame to his family's name. Here we go. Let's, let's see if we can queue up this winner. There's an opportunity winner. to have a conspiracy theory here. There's an opportunity to make political points. And no matter what you may think, Mr. Kennedy, and I revere your name, you're not here. 
to propound your case for censorship. You are here for cynical reasons to be used politically by that side of the aisle to embarrass the current president of the United States, and you're an enabler in that effort today. And it brings shame on a story name that I revere. I began my political interest with your father. And it makes me profoundly sad to see where we have descended today in this hearing. So this is a nobody. I don't know what this fucking guy is. Mr. I can't read what this says. Mr. Nobody. And uh, he tried to be very, you know, like heartfelt. Oh, I'm so I can't believe what you're doing. I, I knew your father. I knew your uncle. And you're no real Kennedy. You're bring you're sulling the family name as though what he's saying basically is that, um, and one after another, these Democrats were just lining up to take their pathetic shots at Kennedy because they don't have any shame. They have zero zero shame, no shame whatsoever. But what he's saying is, your uncle and father would have been for censorship. Your uncle and father would have agreed with with um, mandatory uh, vaccinations of people to keep their jobs, to live their lives. Your, your, your father and uncle would have agreed with the government using a platform. Of course, there were no social media back then, but journalists, whatever, to censor their opponents, to censor um, dissenting views. So he's saying that that's what your uncle and father would have been for. And because you're against that. You're selling your family name on top of that because you're coming here and talking about that. Talk about the Democratic Party has now gone down the fucking shitter that you are somehow sullying your family name and you're on the side with the Republicans because Republicans actually believe and in free speech in the Constitution. They're against censorship. So you're taking their side. Yes, he is taking their side because they're right here and the Democrats are wrong. So what see what this what this little son of a bitch is actually saying is you are a bad person for doing the right thing simply because the Republicans are on the right side of history here. Okay? Because the you, you're doing the right thing. In other words, you need to just take the side of the Democrats because your family are Democrats. Even if you believe it's the wrong thing to do, you need to do that. So you are bastardizing your family name by taking the Republican side because you know they're right and we're wrong. That's what this guy's saying, that even though you know we're wrong, it's your responsibility as a Democrat and a Kennedy to take our side. And how dare you come here and speak the truth that the Republicans agree with. That's what he's saying. So he's saying, you need to be a scumbag. Like, come on, we're scumbags, man. Why aren't you a scumbag? How could you not be a scumbag like we are? You're being honest. You're being honest. And that makes me so upset. I love when they get like that. I can't, I, I can't believe I knew you're, I, I, I got into politics because of your uncle and your father. Here is a, oh shit, I just lost it. Here it is. Okay, so here's a Ken, Kennedy himself talking about censorship. And uh, I'm going to cue this up. Each. It was written for the, that this body ought to be concerning itself with the uh, with issues that impact directly the American people. The rising price of groceries, 76% over the past two years, were basic.
of, of the war in Ukraine, the inflation issues, the border issues, many, many other issues that concern us all as a nation. We can't do that without the First Amendment, without debate. Uh, when I gave my speech, my announcement speech in Boston uh, two months ago, YouTube, I, I talked about all those issues. I focused on grocery. I focused on the fact that working class people can no longer afford to live in this country. I talked about inflation, all the issues that deeply concern you and that you've devoted your career to alleviating those issues. Five minutes into my speech, when I was talking about Paul Revere, YouTube deplatformed me. I didn't talk about vaccines in that speech. I didn't talk about anything that be, could be was a verboten subject. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment is important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate, is the is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. Now, there, this is a letter that many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party. I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, to Harry Truman, to Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to. It is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. We need to be able to talk, and, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. It was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. And I was, I was censored not just by the Democratic administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful, and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation to, to, to censor people like me. There was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced to peer-reviewed publications or government databases. Nobody has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I published. I was removed from something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true, but is inconvenient to the government that they don't want people to hear. And, it, and that's antithetical to the values of our country. After I announced my presidency, it became more difficult for people to censor me outright. So now I'm subject to this new form of censorship, which is called targeted propaganda where people apply pejoratives like anti-vax. I've never been anti-vaccine, but everybody in this room probably believes that I have been because that's the prevailing narrative. Anti-Semitism, racism, these are, are the most appalling 
disgusting pejoratives, and they're applied to me to silence me because people don't want me to have that conversation about the war, about groceries, about inflation, about the war on the middle class in this country that we need to be having. And, and by the way, I want to say this while I'm on the record, that in my entire life and why I'm under oath, in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. I have spent my life fighting my professional career, fighting for Israel, for the protection of Israel. I have a better record on Israel than anybody in this chamber today. I'm the only person who has publicly objected to the $2 billion payout that the Biden administration is now making to Iran, which is a, is a, a genocidal program. I'm the only one who's objected to that. I fought ferociously for Israel than anybody. But I am being censored here through this target, through, uh, through, through smears, through misinterpretations of what I've said, through lies, through association, which is a tactic that we all thought we had been discredited and dispensed with after the Army McCarthy hearings in the 1950s. But those same weapons are now being deployed against me to silence me. I know many of the people who wrote this letter. I don't believe there's a single person who signed this letter who believes I'm anti-Semitic. I do not believe that. There is no evidence of that. Now I want to say something I think that's, that's more important than it goes directly to what you talked about, ranking member, which is the, the, the need, the, the, this toxic polarization that is destroying our country today. And how do we deal with that? We are more, this kind of division is more dangerous for our country than any time since the American Civil War. And how do we deal with that? How are we going to, every Democrat on this committee believes that we need to end that polarization. Do you think you can do that by censoring people? I'm telling you, you cannot. You, that only aggravates and amplifies yep. the problem. We need to start being kind to each other. We need to start being respectful to each other. We need to start, start restoring the comedy to this chamber and, and, and to the rest of America. But it has to start here. My uncle, Edward Kennedy, has more legislation with his name on it than any senator in United States history. Why is that? Because he was able to reach across the aisle. Because he didn't deal in insults. Because he didn't try to censor people. He brought home people who what he believed in. He came home almost every weekend with people like Orrin Hatch, to our house at the compound in Hyannisport. At that time, Orrin Hatch to me was like Darth Vader because I was an environmentalist. And I was saying, why, why is Teddy bringing this guy home? But he knew that he was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have the only way to restore the function in this in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country.
of being respectful to each other. If you think I said something that's anti-Semitic, let's talk about the details. I'm telling you all the things that I'm accused of right now by you. And in this letter are distortions, they're misrepresentations. I didn't say those things. There's fragments that I said, but I denounce anybody who who uses the words that I have said to imply something that is negative about people who are Jewish. I never said those things. I want to point out also that the chairman pointed to Dennis Kucinich, who's fighting behind me. There is no two people in, in the country who feel differently about them or differently about American politics than these two people. <laughs> and yet they were friends. Dennis attended his children's basketball games, attended his daughter's wedding. This is what we need, how we need to start treating each other in this country. We have to stop trying to destroy each other, to marginalize, to vilify, to gaslight each other. We have to find that place inside of ourselves of light, of empathy, of compassion. And above all, we need to elevate the Constitution of the United States, which was written for hard times. And that has to be the premier compass for all of our activities. Thank Thank you you very much. So those are his opening comments. Those are RFK's opening comments. Um, You know... Trying to appeal uh, to these people's better, I don't know what you call them, sensibilities or their their hearts. It's, uh, I'm glad he tries to do it, but these people are not, they don't want conversation. They don't want civility. They don't want being kind to each other. They don't want any of that stuff he said. They don't believe in any of it. They believe in staying in power for as long as they can no matter how many lives they ruin along the way. That's what they care about. They want to stay in power and have these cushy jobs for as long as they can, no matter how many lives they ruin along the way. So I I appreciate what he's doing there. I really do. But I don't think you can fight them that way. Uh, I, I think you can win some hearts and minds of the public that way. Sure, you can. But I think you really need to call these people what they are. They are pure scum. They are. I don't think I'm overstating that. I really don't. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. When you know what you're doing is wrong and what you're saying is wrong and inaccurate, and you're doing it just to score political points, you're you're a scumbag. You're not a good person. You're not a person who should be talked to or you should have kept discussions with. Um, You're someone who should be ignored and, and just run roughshod over I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And I don't, you know, I don't, once again, I talk about Trump a lot and, you know, he can be vulgar and, and a jerk and he can, and he is vulgar and he is a jerk, but there's that balance you can have, you know, where you can actually call them what they are and who they are. Don't let them get the best of you. Um, but also don't, you know, give into them by saying, well, you know, let's all be civil. But so I'm asking, I'm be- it's almost like you're like, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to be silver. You can't really do that. You have to just understand what they are. And once you understand what they are, deal with them in that, in that fashion. Um, because it's not like anything he's, it's not, it's not like they took to heart anything he said, right? It's like any of them are like, oh, wow, that's really great. Did anyone on that panel say, you know, that, that 
what you just said makes perfect sense. We do need that. No, no one said that. So I don't, I don't, you know, he's a good guy and he's going to say things like that because he's honest about how he feels. But he's not going to get anywhere with them. Now, he's also very smart and he probably knows that. And he's doing this because he wants to appeal to the, the citizens who are watching this. And so that could very well work. I don't know if it's going to work with the establishment Democrat cult. You know, just like when I've talked about talking about facts and being honest about Trump and him not being able to to win a general election again and all that stuff doesn't work. It might appeal to some people, hopefully enough people, but it's not going to work with with the cult. It's not a new poll came out today. I'll get back to Kennedy in a second. There are a couple of short clips I want to play. But um, a poll came out today and it showed Trump losing through a couple of polls, one by five, one by seven to Biden now. I mean, and that's with Biden having incredibly low approval. No one likes him yet. He would lose in a general election. Now, of course, the this is what we've been trying to tell the cult. But there's such it's it, they're so ingrained in the cult that they'll believe. In other words, the polls that show Trump ahead of DeSantis, they'll believe those. But the polls that show Biden ahead of Trump, they won't believe. They'll call them rigged because they're in a cult. And that's just the way they are. That's what a cult, that's a cult being a cult. That's what they do. So you can't get through them and say, yes, he can win a primary, but he's not going to beat even an 82-year-old with dementia. He can't do that because he's hated by too many independents. And now he's about to maybe be indicted for a third time on the January 6th of, um, and the thinking is that the independents that didn't vote for him in 2020, when he had no indictments hanging over his head, and now all of a sudden, magically going to vote for him with indictments, with more drama, with more baggage. Of course, it's ridiculous. It's, of course, it doesn't make any sense. Of course, you have to be totally crazy to believe it or in a cult, because the cult believes that everyone thinks like they do. The cult says, well, we know these, we believe these indictments are pure politics. So the voters in a general election, the independent, the people not in our cult are, are going to think the way we do. And they're going to vote for him just to get revenge on the horrible Department of Justice. It's not the way it works. But the cult can only think the way the cult thinks. So getting through them is very difficult, right? So getting through these establishment Democrats, getting through to the Hillary Democrats, the Obama Democrats, the Biden Democrats, believe me, and those are the same people, right? The people who loved Hillary and Obama and love, they love Biden, all three of them, right? Same voters. I'd say 95% the same voters, right? You're not going to get through those people. They don't care. You can't appeal to their heart or their better selves, their emotions. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. They're in the cult of, of Democrat. And if the Democrats say you're a bad person and you're evil and racist and anti-Semitic and a nut job, then that's what you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He just said, as a clip I played a few minutes ago, which shocked me, he has all of his vaccinations, right? And his family and his kids, just not COVID. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Wouldn't someone who's anti-vax 
not have any vaccinations. Make sure he tells everyone around him not to ever get any vaccinations. Don't vaccinate your child from birth. Wouldn't you think that to be the case? But the mis- the, the mal information, the misinformation has been so bad about Kennedy that even I believed he had no vaccinations. Now, I believe he has every right. Every, anyone has any right to not get vaccinations or not get their child vaccinated for certain things if they think those vaccines cause problems. But I didn't know that he had all of his vaccinations up until COVID. He's gotten the flu. He, he's gotten the flu shot. I never have. He has. So you see how they lie and their lies become reality. Their lies become reality. And even those of us who like the guy thought that was the truth. So when he talks about being anti-vax, all he says is, now to the Democrats, this is bad because he says he wants these vaccines to go through the same testing that all the other drugs we take in to our bodies that doctors prescribe, that the FDA approves go through. The Democrats don't like that. They know the vaccines. It's not like they're saying that's a lie. The vaccines go through that process. They don't, and they have no paperwork that show it goes through that process. They don't want it to because they want Big Pharma to make as much money as possible. Another thing Kennedy has hit them on, right? The Democrats have always lied about being the party that's like Bernie and the progressives have lied. Look, you can't get more progressive than this guy. I'm not a progressive anymore. But you can't get as you can't get, if you're a real progressive and not a phony like Bernie. Where's that coming from? I have no idea. I have no idea where that's coming from. Let me see if I can shut this off. No clue. Who knows where it's coming from? Okay. I'm going to try to figure out where it's coming from. This is the problem when you have too many things going on. Oh, here it is. I got it. I got it. Do you know what that is? That's something I just queued up a story. What I hate about the internet, well, there are many things, but particular is when you go to a page like you go to a page where there's a story written about something and there's a secret video embedded now i went to that page about five minutes ago and that video just started playing i hate that and you can't control it. it's impossible to control it so maybe there's a way to make sure these videos don't play without you wanting them to but i don't think i don't know how to do it so anyway i'll go back to that because that was actually part of the story about this new fbi information that uh, Chuck Wrestley uh, presented. Um, but um, once again, going back to RFK, this is, this is basically lies that become the truth, right? Because you repeat a lie often enough and people will believe it to be the truth. But this guy has gotten all of his flu shots, which is more than I've gotten. But the Democrats don't want the process of making sure the vaccines are safe and effective because that will cut into big farmers' prospects because it might take longer to get these vaccines out, or they might be proven as not being safe or effective. So that will cut into big farmers' profits. And the Democrats have always lied, have been about the party that the Republicans are the party of big pharma and corporate America. We know that's total bullshit. Many politicians on both sides of the aisle are pro corporate America and big pharma, but the Republicans have never really lied about it. Democrats have always lied and say they're the, they're the anti-corporate America, anti-Big Pharma party. Of course, it's absurd. It's always been absurd. And now over the last three years, we know how absurd it is. So they hate Kennedy for they hate Kennedy 
for bringing that up, for making people understand that. That's always been that little lie that they could uh, fool people into believing they're the anti-corporate America, anti-Big Pharma party, but they're not. And someone like Kennedy, a lifelong Democrat, is exposing that. He's saying, you're not what you have said you have been all of these years. That hurts them, right? Here's another comment. This is very quick. Uh, let me let me cue this up. Hopefully this works. This is uh, him talking about his 30 years in environment and at being a, a real environmental activist. You know, I spent 30 years trying to get mercury out of the fish in this country and nobody ever called me any fish. You know, I spent right. So that's what he did. He spent 30 years trying to get mercury out of fish. And no one ever said you're anti fish. So that is the analogy to the vaccines where all I want to do is make sure they go through the process of being safe and effective before they go into the arms of people, especially uh, children. Um, and so why you, how could you call him anti-vaccine? If he just wants the vaccines to be safe and effective, just like he wants the fish to be mercury free, doesn't make him anti-fish, does it? And that's what he did for 30 years. That's one of the things he did, by the way, was getting mercury out of fish in this country. Mercury, which was making people very sick, could kill people. Mercury can give you very bad uh, uh, neurological problems, right? That never go away. They're not, they're not curable. And so this is part of, once again, this is what the Democrats do. If they don't like you and you're a threat to them in their narrative, they will sully you and try to destroy you that way. Because they can't talk about the issues, right? No Democrat on that panel can say, no, we don't believe vaccines should go through this rigorous process, even though that's what they do believe. They don't want it to. They're not going to say that, right? Because the public would be against that. Maybe even their dumbass voters would be against that. So they're not going to say that. They can't challenge him on the issues. They can't challenge him on the facts. So they just go after him personally that's what they do so there's more if i can cue it up there's more on uh on kennedy but this but uh, another part of it where you had these oh connelly connelly he's the idiot i was talking about who said you i knew you i got into this business because you're not a real kennedy this guy's name mr connelly connelly um cookie cutter, scumbag, uh, left-wing Democrat, uh, total establishment shill. This is the guy who's like, they're, they're, they're whining about COVID lies. Uh, they're, they're banging on the tables like children whining about COVID lies while their staffers wear masks behind them. This guy is actually banging on the table, right? And the woman behind him, a black woman, by the way, the white guy is not wearing a mask. The black woman behind him is wearing a uh, very colorful COVID mask. So this is how ridiculous these people are. This is how ridiculous that they have staffers in August, in July of 2023 are still wearing masks. And they're saying that they're, and they're complaining. They're complaining. They're saying RFK Jr. and the rest of us lied about masks. And we're anti-science. 
It's hard to make this stuff up. It really is. It really is hard to make this stuff up. But when your voters are that dumb and gullible, you can get away with it. As I've said many times, uh, if the voters weren't so dumb and gullible, these people would have to be much more honest. And they're simply not. They're simply not. Uh, so this was a hearing on censorship. And they wanted him censored. <laughs> oh, boy. A hearing on censorship, which they say doesn't exist. And as they say it doesn't exist, they're trying to censor him by calling him a racist and anti-Semitic. <laughs> Yet, they also can't. There's no evidence of him making a racist or anti Where's your evidence? Wait a minute. If he's so racist and anti-Semitic, this is the year 2023. This isn't 1923. Where Where is the video? Where Where are the statements? Where's the audio? Where is it? Where are all these? You know, if you believe someone is racist and anti-Semitic, you must have heard them say all these crazy racist and anti-Semitic. So if you heard them say it, I'm guessing you're not their good friend. You didn't hear it, overhear it in a conversation, uh, you know, during dinner. You must have heard it on TV or radio, right? You must have heard this somewhere. Where is it? Where's all the videotape evidence or audio evidence of RFK Jr. being racist? Where, where the, where, wouldn't you have that? If I, if one of my main objectives was to silence someone because they're supposedly racist or anti-Semitic, wouldn't I have proof there? Wouldn't I, have, wouldn't I be giddy to have all of the audio and video of this person saying all these racist and anti-Semitic things? All right? So Debbie Wasserman Schultz would might want to call Micah Chopley anti-Semitic because I make fun of her, right? And she'd have the audio of me saying something like she loves being Jewish. I'll say it again. She loves she wears she wears her Jewish heritage on her sleeve. So maybe she's gonna but I also well, once again, there's context to that. I said she does it to win elections because her district is very true. She won't play that part. But she might have audio of me saying that little clip, all right? She loves being Jewish. There it is. That shows Micah Chopley is anti-Semitic. Of course, it doesn't. But at least there would be that audio. Where Where is the audio? Where? It, it, they couldn't even edit it to make it look like he was anti-Semitic. They didn't, they didn't even have any any edited audio or video that tried to prove their point. They didn't even have that much because they're liars. They're simply absolutely 100% liars. And just as they had even gotten people like me to believe that RFK Jr., you know, it, you know, urges his family members not to get vaccines and that he didn't get any of the vaccines and he never gets a flu shot, which isn't true. Think about that. If they could, if they could fool someone like me, right? If they can fool me and I like the guy, think of what they do to people who are just so easily fooled and they want to believe the lies. <sighs> Is, it, is there one more I wanted to play? Okay, yes, yes, yes. Oh, boy, this is, well, this is more basically where he says, he basically says, 
a respectful debate is a fertilizer, the water, the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. YouTube deplatformed me. I was shut down. Of course, YouTube notoriously deplatformed anyone that wasn't towing the uh, Biden family line, the Democratic Party line. Um, I, I think I should play this because, once again, we're in a situation where it's very simple that the Republicans agree with what RFK is saying. Republicans are on the side of truth justice in the American way when it comes to these issues. And the Democrats simply are not. The Democrats want him to take their side simply because he's a Kennedy and a Democrat. And God forbid, God forbid, God forbid he should be backed by the Republicans or back what the Republicans are saying on this. He should not be honest. Do not stray from the cult. You strayed from the cult and your 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 father and your uncle will be very disappointed in you straying from the cult. When we know, as he has said, his father and his uncle would be saying the exact same thing he's saying because they believed in the First Amendment. Okay? So let's, uh, let's see if I want to play. Yeah, I'll play this. And then we'll talk a little bit about what the FBI found today. Uh, this is Jim Jordan talking about the Biden administration censoring open discussion, even following, if you remember, Hank Aaron's death, when people were saying that they believed it was from the, the vaccination because he, he was fine, he got the vaccine, and two, day, two weeks later, he died. And he talks about how RFK Jr. was specifically uh, targeted for this. Okay, let's see if I can cue this up and go, if it works. I don't think it might not work. Who knows? Okay, here we go. It's we're queuing up here. We're doing. I'm getting that thing where I'm getting the circle, that circle that goes around, that horrible circle <laughs> that keeps on going around and around and around. Let's see if I can get this going here. Okay. You know what? I have a better way of doing it. I'll just talk a little bit more, and I'll queue it up on my uh, tablet here, my phone. Uh, but it was, you know, it's, it's one. Of, oh my God! It's one of those days where. <laughs> um, here's another. There are a lot of clips. If you go on, by the way, Citizen Free Press, because I am I want to give credit. I'm getting a lot of these clips from Citizen Free Citizen Free Press. They're really good. They have a lot of guff on Twitter, and you can find a lot of these clips uh, right here. Uh, this is a uh, actually Kennedy talking more. Uh, about the disinformation dozen, okay? And I think Ben Tapper put this out. He said he was part of this disinformation dozen who was censored by the by the government. Um, let's see if this is- 5% of the vaccine. Yeah, here it is. I was included in a group called the disinformation dozen. Mm -hmm. and, and Facebook and others were asked to censor us, which they did. And by the way, my heck, Aaron Post, it was taken down. My whole Instagram account with 900,000 people was taken down because of that. Oh, they knew. Facebook knew that the disinformation doesn't claim it. What they said was that disinformation came from this very shady group called the Center for Preventing Digital Hate in England that is funded by dark money that should be looked into. Okay, this is what he talked about earlier. But the disinformation doesn't. Facebook knew it was garbage, this whole idea 
of a disinformation dozen. They knew it was nonsense, yet they still censored those people, even though they knew it was all bullshit. Okay? And so that's part of what we're talking about here, where it's just, you know, it was obvious that even Mark Zuckerberg knew what they were doing was wrong. He knew what they were doing was wrong, that none of it was true, and the government simply wanted dissenting views censored. And they gladly did it for the government. They gladly did it for the government, right? In the name of what? What do you think? In the name of what? In the name of Democratic Party unity? In the name of fear and hysteria? Uh, in the name of being, you know, convincing yourself it's being anti-Trump, it's fighting back at Trump? What do you think? was the justification. Now, I know there's really no justification for it, but in their minds, what do you think justification is? So here's a good one. This is short. This is kind of uh, a, Actually, a mic drop moment. Trusting the experts is not a function of science. It's not a function of democracy. It's a function of religion and totalitarianism, and it does not make for a healthier population. Trusting... There you go. Perfect. Perfect. It's not a function... Trusting the experts, right? They told us that. Trusting the experts. That's science. TM, trademark, experts, science. And that's not a function of science. And it's not a function of democracy. He has said it's a function of religion and totalitarianism. And it does not make for a healthier population. Like Fauci saying, I am the science. And the government backing him up that, yes, he is the science, because we say he represents science. There's nothing more Orwellian than that. I mean, this is obviously, obviously Orwellian. Um, but they did it anyway. They did it anyway, right? And we saw this. It was all, it was all out of, it was all out of Orwell, Orwell, right? Follow the science, experts, trust the experts for the greater good. We're all in this together. These slogans are all Orwellian subjects to get us to submit. They're they're there to get us to submit. That's it. It's about authoritarianism, like you said, totalitarianism, whatever you want to talk, dictatorship. They're slogans that are propaganda that get us to submit to what they want us to believe. And what they want us to do. That's all. I mean, they even sound focus grouped, which they may have been, right? They may have very well been focus grouped. How does this statement play with you for the greater good? Oh, I like the way that sounds. Oh, we're all in this together. Oh, isn't that a community? But these are very, uh, you know, he doesn't say it, but these are basically communist type sayings. This is a sort of communist propaganda. This could come out of China. And we know that the U.S. Uh, Democratic politicians in particular use the Chinese playbook, right? Did you once see, did you once see the U.S. government coming out and labeling or talking about those videos from China? Well, those videos from China 
the ones that showed people just like dropping dead in the street from COVID. And then all of a sudden, like five seconds later, the white people in white coats would swoop in out of a science fiction movie. Did you ever once see that labeled as misinformation or it pointed out or made it a point to make sure American citizens weren't scared, right? To say, no, no, those videos are fake. We know those are fake. Did, did, did the U.S. government, did any, anybody ever come out and say that? Did Facebook or Twitter back then label that stuff as misinformation? Did the government come out and tell the citizens that stuff is fear and hysteria, don't believe it? Of course not, because they wanted that. That's the playbook they followed. They just, they, I guess they just stopped a little short. Well, they actually didn't stop too short, kind of. They didn't do, we didn't see them doing the, you know, people dropping in the streets videos here. But what we did see was stuff like, you see that truck? That's a body of, that's a refrigerator of bodies. We did see that several times, mostly in New York City, right? You see that truck that's outside of this hospital? That's, they're all dead COVID bodies in there. Of course, that was all fake too. So they did that, stopping, I guess, just short of what they did in China, but it's the same playbook, right? It's the exact same playbook to create this fake <clears throat> fear and uh, and hysteria. All right, instead of going to Jim Jordan, but we know Jim Jordan is 100% right with all of this stuff, right? Um, I'll go to Daniel. Daniel, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Um Great show tonight. You're um, spot on, and the uh, the clips from from Kennedy and stuff um, they really illustrate the um, and bring home and are kind of you know wrapping up by putting a, a nice bow on the craziness of the cens- censorship industrial complex that we've had um, over the last few years. Um, one thing that I found just really bizarre in it and it, is that nobody that was talking about misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. <laughs> None of these people that were talking about this were criticizing their number of money makers. You can look at all, I mean, I, I don't have a television, but I, you know, I see, I see YouTube and, um, and there are tons of commercials on there and they're all just entire snake oil. I mean, it's filled with snake oil. Um, uh, it's, you know, supplement this, you know, and just this one trick will cure, cure whatever, you know, and it's just all entirely misinformation. How about Oz- entire- Ozempic? Ozempic with the fat burning and the diet. Yes, and yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it, I've it, seen a lot of that. Yeah, yeah the, it's, it's, the, the commercials are 100% misinformation. But as long as they pay for that misinformation, they were fine. And yep. people had this, they had this, 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 these two worlds in which they were viewing this topic of mis disinformation, malinformation. There was the commercial world, the advertisement part, and there was everything else, the content part of your of your show. And in the content part, oh, you're being attacked for distributing misinformation, malinformation, even if it wasn't. But right. that's where you're attacked. And you were just allowed free reign, free reign well, over you, in the advertisement you, space to see yeah, whatever right. the fuck exactly. you wanted on YouTube. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And, and nobody ever pointed this out. Nobody. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we're supposed to have – look, when you look at like these big pharma ads, right, the whole idea is that you're supposed to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to talk to my doctor. Hey, doc, I saw this ad about this drug. 
And your doctor is supposed to be the person who says, well, you know what? Yeah, that might work here and there, but not for you. So the doctor is supposed to be that stopgap, right? But we didn't see that with this COVID stuff, right? How many doctors that people went to, um, if people even asked their doctor, I mean, most people didn't even ask their doctors about the COVID vaccine. They just got it. But for the people who did, I don't know any person that went to a doctor and said, hey, doc, do you think I really need this thing? And the doctor said, no. Never. Yeah. I have had one, maybe someone out there did, but every story I hear about, the doctors were encouraging them to get it. Yeah, I think that's what everyone everyone knew before going in to see their doctor for their annual physical. Um, for, for example, in my case, I knew when I walked in that door for my annual physical that my a doc was going to say something about the COVID vaccine. And when he did... I just said to him, he said his name, Dr. Dr. X, I'll say I'm called, uh, Dr. X, you've got to be kidding. Those are my exact words. And he looked down at his shoes, you know, like one does when they're embarrassed and says, yeah, I know I had to. And, and that's exactly what everyone knew about COVID, the COVID, the, the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. That's exactly what everyone knew. You could have walked into that very same doctor's office on that very same day that he is pitching you the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination and asked for his opinion about the pneumococcal vaccination. And you would have got a straightforward uh, opinion about this. And they, said, and they probably would have said something like, well, let's see, you're over 65, but you're still in good health. So um, let's wait a few years. You really don't need it at this right. point. Um, mm -hmm. Or if you're under 50 and you're in poor health, they would have said, yeah, it's probably a good idea for you to get it. And they would have weighed, weighed the benefits and and advised you on this. There yep. was none of that. There was no, no informed consent. There nope. was nothing when it came. And you could have, like I said, it could have been the exact same, do uh, exact same doctor's visit. And you would have gotten two different, you would have gotten informed consent in one case and you would have gotten infirmed consent in the other case. That's absolutely true. Yep. No doubt about it. So we do know that, well, you know, a big part of this is simply and, and you, you, you've you talked about this in the past, those videos in China, right, of people dropping yeah. dead in the streets. Yet they would talk about, you know, when we talk about how masks didn't work or we had, you know, uh, you know, information or evidence that masks don't work and that the vaccines aren't going to stop the spread. They called us conspiracy theorists, but not once did anyone in the government say, you know, th those those videos you're seeing from China are not real. Right. We never heard that once from our government. Our government never informed us of that information. Yeah. And it was really interesting how the mainstream media, the legacy media, the old fourth estate, which is. I'm just trying to queue up this and I'm getting more of the. Uh, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to not to make videos play when you go to a website? You know, I, I hate that. I've had it happen a couple of times and I've had it happen during a meeting. Where I would no, of course, it's easily. It, you're not the only one. I'm sure many people have had it happen. Dude, yeah. You take and, out your and, laptop. And, and also, everyone's looking around. They're going, where is that coming from? And everyone's checking their phone. And I pull up mine. And it's my phone. And I'm just like, what the? <laughs> and so, and often, it's so insidious. You don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't find it. You have to close everything. Yeah, and, and it has and it has nothing to do with anything that you had previously been listening to. So you think it's well, it's not me. Right, exactly. Well, I should know because I went to a Fox News website and we have an old woman talking about balance. There you go, balance of nature, fruits and vegetables. That you, have you seen this balance of nature thing? 
No, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm very good at just not paying any attention to <laughs> well, the commercials. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a bottle. It's a bottle of fruits in capsules and a bottle of vegetables in capsule form. And the stuff is so fucking expensive. I looked it up because you watch Fox and all these old people are talking about how it made them feel young again by taking their <laughs> fruits and vegetables every day. And it's like 50 bucks each per. So it's a hundred dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month for these two b- bottles. I mean, so, you know, it's basically just fruit. Can't you just eat fruit and vegetables? It'd be far them? more far more enjoyable. Why wouldn't you want to eat the fruit and the vegetables? <laughs> I, I mean, fruit is, I mean, good fruit is just like I mean, God, it's some of the best fruit in the world. Yeah, why anyone would want to put that in a pill? And you could you could, you could get a hundred watermelons in one capsule. Shit, I want to eat all hundred watermelons, especially if they're <laughs> seedless. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. But this is supposedly yeah. specifically formulated fruits. And vegetables. It's a very particular formula <laughs> that, that helps you live forever. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't going to pay a hundred bucks a month for it. That's for sure. I'm willing to try something if it's kind of cheap, but I'm not going to try anything that's that expensive. That's crazy. Yeah, but it better taste like chocolate cake if it's cost a hundred. <laughs> no, it doesn't bucks. taste like chocolate cake. <laughs> It tastes like fruit and vegetables. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that it even tastes like fruit. That's hilarious. How about chocolate cake? Why would you want to put chocolate cake in a capsule? I wouldn't. Who? <laughs> of course, I wouldn't. I, no, I, of course. I, I'm, not. Gonna, I'm gonna want to eat real, yeah, real fudge frosting on my chocolate cake. Oh Triple. my god! And, and, and I want to, and I want to enjoy each one of those layers one by one. And that yes. Layer cake, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Daniel, thanks for the call. Yeah, have a good night. Uh, you too. I appreciate it. Bill, before I get to you, and there's something I want to talk to you about. Um, I know you'll appreciate it. I do want to I, – I, I want to – well, you know what? Maybe we'll talk more about this tomorrow. I'll just uh, preview it tonight. This is um, Republicans – because this is new, so there will be more information by tomorrow. Republicans call to impeach Biden growing following – release of FBI document detailing bribery allegations. And this was released by Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. And uh, they, uh, there was an unclassified FBI document detailing his alleged involvement in an international bribery scheme, scheme with a number of uh, rallying for his, a number of people in Congress, of course, Republicans rallying for his impeachment. Uh, it's FD 1023, which detailed how Biden, along with Hunter, allegedly coerced Burisma CEO Mikola Luchki to pay them millions of dollars in exchange for their help in getting the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the company fired. Most corrupt family to ever live in the White House. Impeach, said Jim Banks. Uh, Lauren Boebert said, read and understand just how deep the corruption goes. Biden should be thrown out of office. Impeach. From Arizona gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, former uh, candidate, said the uh, President was guilty of extortion and treason in addition to bribery. Uh, so this is a letter that um, basically is more evidence that uh, proves that uh, uh, Biden and, and Hunter were involved in this uh, bribery scheme, which gave, netted them, I believe, like $5 million. Uh, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. I wanted just to hint at that today, but... I'm sure there'll be more information coming out of the next 24 hours, so I'll be able to talk about it a little bit better, and I could read the actual damn document. Um, but Grassley, you know, is an interesting guy. He's not – I've never thought Grassley has come across as 
like this kind of typical blowhard. I like the way he talks too. Hi, I'm Chuck Grestley from Iowa. You know, so it's, it's, I've always thought he was an okay guy, you know, I mean, you know, typical establishment Republican, but I've never felt he's the kind of guy that's going to bring shit up just to bring it up or make stuff up. So we'll see more about this. Look, folks, what we have, and I've said it before, we've got two just corrupt in Biden and Trump, we have two people who need to just retire. They need to deal with their shit. Okay. Trump needs to deal with his shit and Biden needs to deal with his shit. And we need RFK Jr. and DeSantis going at it in the general election. And then we can have a real choice. We can have real debates about real issues. Okay. And I believe that's what you'd get. DeSantis has proved he could really be more personal when it comes to going after someone like uh, Trump. And he hasn't. And we know RFK Jr. doesn't believe those kinds of attacks. So with Trump and Biden, on top of all the other Michigas that comes along with these old guys, we're going to get basically just a lot of ad hominem attacks going back and forth. Biden loves that. Trump loves that. But I think with RFK Jr. and DeSantis, at least between the two of them, of course, there'll be people who are supporters of each side to do that stuff. But I think the candidates themselves will stick to the issues. And I think that's going to be really important. Now, Bill, I'm going to bring you on. See what you want to talk about. Bill, how's it going, Bill? How's everything? Can you hear me, Mike? Yeah, Bill. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I mean, uh, for sure, they violate the emoluments clause. They, they racketeer. They influence pedal. Uh, they extort. And, uh, I, but this is... <laughs> well, let, let me something up and then you can go into what you wanted to say but we had talked last week about trump and bill clinton right and how people like talk about bill clinton being you know attached to jeffrey epstein and sex trafficking yet those same people on the right will never talk about trump being involved in that when we know they were two peas in a pod they were both epstein's friend they both went to that island what really bothered me is that today the actor in the movie uh, Jim Caviezel, uh, uh, Sound of Freedom, just comes out and, and proves himself to be another Trump cultist, saying that, oh, we really need to get Trump in office because he's going to go after the traffickers. Who, the, who is Jim Caviezel kidding that Trump's going to go after the traffickers? First of all, if Ron DeSantis doesn't want to go there and call him an Epstein Island participant and a great friend of Epstein, even though he should, because it's the truth, where did Trump go after traffickers in four years? Did you see it? I didn't see it. Well, for that matter, Alice Acosta was the federal prosecutor in Florida that gave Epstein a slap on the wrist, made a deal with Dershowitz. So we only got one, um, one uh, charge of sex trafficking of one 14-year-old when, in fact, you know, all that was going on. Uh, you know, his whole network was just well-established and, doing all this and and Gates and Trump and Lexley Wessner and uh, Clinton and Prince Andrew, they're all involved. This goes back, you know, decades. It's not a new thing. So who does Trump make his labor secretary that deals with labor trafficking and sex trafficking? Alex Acosta. You know, so there you have it. It's right. cabinet. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's silly. You have two possibilities. You have, let's say, Trump or DeSantis. Right. Um, and you're telling me that Trump is the one 
who's going to go after sex trafficking. The the one who one was a friend of Epstein and one wasn't right. right? One has many connections to Epstein. One has none. And one was already in was already the president for four years and did nothing. So it's once again, this Trump cult is so strong. It even extends to people like Jim Caviezel. And look, I understand Trump probably he showed up at one of his screenings. He met him. And when you meet the guy and you have a you know, friendly conversation, all of a sudden you like the person. But Jim Caviezel is an idiot if he thinks that Trump is the one that's running, that's going to go after sex trafficking. It's, it's, it's actually kind of absurd. Yeah, I agree. He may, I think I hear he signed some bill to, to involve some type of government in intervention, but I'll have to review that. Um, and he may have, Trump may have, when he was in office. I think that's what Jim Caviezel, is that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what he may be referring to, but I'd have to search that well, up. Well, Trump is I, saying now, I'm a big fan yeah. of your film, and I'm, I'm going to go up to sex trafficking. Well, you already had four years, buddy, you know, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like um, precision scheduled railroading. He was, he, he didn't, he was right on board with that, just like the Obama administration. That's been going on for three administrations. That whole, uh, uh, what, uh, Norfolk Southern dropped 30, 30% of their employees. They cut back on schedule and everything. So then Trump eats Palestine. What does he do? He goes there and buys people Happy Meals like he's a savior. He shows up there. I mean, it's all PR. It has nothing to do with footwork. And people buy it. They, it's, yep. they eat it up. Yep. Um, by the way, there was just a report out diverging quickly um, that the dioxin levels at independent labs is, are like thousands of times higher than, than than what would be in that area otherwise. It's, there's always dioxin is kind of like you know PFAS, you know, it's like it's everywhere and right. nowadays. But right. the levels are like thousands of times higher. It took an independent lab. EPA wasn't going to find that out. That Mike, by the way, when you have time. I used to operate heavy equipment, federal Superfund sites. There's so much about each ballot I like to talk about, but not tonight because tonight, you know, you you know, I want to touch on some of the stories uh, like that you were talking about. Can I, do I have a little time? Can I do that? Regarding- yeah, go ahead. If you, if you try, try to be kind of succinct because I do want to start to wrap the show up, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. We, we can talk more tomorrow. But Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sure. yeah. You, Ed Massey, I mean, Senator Massey came to – RFK's uh, junior's defense and today when he's he's had his staff hand him a couple of studies where indeed it's proven that COVID certain ethnicities were more affected by COVID. So what what RFK Jr. had said was accurate. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz, of course, you know, did you see I don't know if you played that part of it where she was she was trying to nail him and then that massive comes in boom. <laughs> Just lights her up with the Absolute, stuff. Absolutely, yes, you know? yes. You know, it just shows how low they go. Those Democrats, I got to lower my voice. I forget. Those Democrats <laughs> I get excited, you know. Those Democrats went after the FBI field officers that outed Christopher Ray's lies and how they were attacking parents. They wanted them to surveil parents and went to teachers, freaking board or board of education means freaking insanity or, or the, the January 6th thing, bring charges against people who were just in the area who were, but not against, you know, 
what's his name? Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about the one who was charging everybody to go in the night before and the day of. What the hell was his name? He's obviously a, a, a operative. Uh, January 6th. Uh, what's his name, Mike? Help me out. He, I'm having a senior mom. He wore the Trump hat, tall guy. Oh, I, 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 his name escapes me, too. I know he is talking about. You mean the, right, right. the double the double agent guy, the guy right. who's actually plant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. They don't charge him, although originally he was on the top ten list. But then, of course, you know, oh no, 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 we're going to cover him. So this, the Democrats are. I mean, I of course Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle are corporate captured. You know, if we got to look at the cabinet for Trump, the cabinet for Obama, the cabinet for Biden, you know, look at their cabinets. And then, of course, don't let's not forget, Bush one talked about the new world order. That was his big thing. He's the first one to introduce it in our general vernacular, you know, Bush one. And, yet, you know, Cheney Rumsfeld and Bush two and, and uh, you know, Halliburton, no bid contracts. I mean, they're, they're all freaking corrupt. So what we need, getting back to, is we need people like RFK Jr. and DeSantis who are going to bring the government back to, of, by, and for the people. Of the right, exactly. exactly. Uh, look, I don't yeah. even, uh, look, I know how Biden and Trump is going to play out. Uh, Biden would win. I know how you know, a Newsom and Trump would play out. Newsom would win. Um, I, I, I know how a DeSantis and Biden would play out. I believe DeSantis would win. I know how a DeSantis and Newsom would play out. DeSantis would win. I got to tell you, I don't know how an RFK Jr. and a DeSantis match would, would play out. I, I'd have no, I don't know. Don't you think that would be like kind of a toss-up? Yeah, but at the bottom, well, first of all, uh, they're both running to bring up issues, and DeSantis is running for the long game. Obviously, let's say Trump wins, which or Biden, it's four years, and DeSantis is right back running again. You know, right. so he's he's got the long game, and RFK Jr. of course is doing this to bring up the issues, so he has a platform to talk to, to help people, to inform them uh, of what the issues are and what. Let, let, I want to. So, but realistically, the DNC will never, ever allow RFK Jr. because they ultimately have the uh, uh, the vote when it comes to uh, electoral electoral college. So, the, he's never going to win that nomination. They won't allow it. Uh, but at some point, if let's hypothetically say Trump gets in or DeSantis gets in, I I wouldn't be surprised to see RFK Jr. in a cabinet position even on the Republican side, because it's his ethics and his position on, uh, at least on the COVID issue, certainly lines up, and the bioweapons issue, let's call it what it is, with DeSantis and Joseph Latipo. Um, you know, so go ahead. Yeah. yeah, if you want to put someone in an environmentalist position, right, right. he'd be right up the alley. And he also, if you're a DeSantis, I don't even want to, think about trump winning i don't think he has any chance but let's say DeSantis wins you you're talking about a guy who you know you can say you know what i'm putting in a, a real progressive environmentalist but not a climate change nut job right, right not right. a guy who's screaming the world's going to end in five years if 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 not a hypocrite who says i'm taking jets but you can't even have a car a right. gas car and a guy who's really gotten things done when it comes to environmentalism with mercury out of fish with water and air it would actually probably be, I think, a good a good decision for someone like DeSantis. And I think 
RFK would probably take it. I would hope so. You know, I, I want to touch on a couple of quick things. I, I, want, I, like, I, I certainly hope so. I, I just, uh, I don't have faith in the parties and, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I, it, it'd be very discouraging to see either Biden or Trump for another four years. But then again, the good news is we're looking at four years. I mean, uh, you know, four years it's is a four lot. years. It's four it's years. Uh, I, we can. There's no way this country can can take. And I'm not one of those people that says, you know, the country's going to end. But there's no. I know I couldn't take four more years of either of them. I mean, I just couldn't take the incompetence of a dementia-ridden Biden who would probably become a. It would probably become a Kamala Harris administration. Talk about disaster or all the baggage and drama and crap that comes with. Four more years of, of, of Trump and, and no real, no real, you know, you, you know, along with Trump is going to come probably a, most likely a Democratic Congress and nothing will get done and no issues will be talked about. It'll be about impeachments, you know, and how many times they can impeach him and for, if they can break the record of two, you know, and say, who did? We don't need this. We ha- we're, we're in trouble, man. We need real. We need real solutions. We do. I, I totally agree. Um, um, absolutely. So let's pray that, that there's a divine intervention here and some, you know, whatever it takes for those two men to get sidelined. You know, I, 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 I don't know what to say, but uh, I did want to point out and uh, that the CDC did change the definition of vaccine. Remember when they did that, that subtle little change they made? So it's very interesting when you're talking about vaccines and what qualifies for a vaccine today versus the old definition. And that I got an article in the live chat. So this was November of 2021. Proof the CDC changed the definition of vaccine because prior definition allowed people to claim the COVID-19 vaccine is not a vaccine. So there's a subtle difference here. Did you hear about this? Do you recall? Yes, I remember when they did that little sleight of hand and hardly anyone covered it. But basically, when they realized the vaccine wasn't safe or effective, they had to change the definition of the vaccine. It's, you know, it's ridiculous. We know that a vaccine is this. A vaccine is polio, right? You, You give it to people and the disease is eradicated. That's what a vaccine does. If you're talking about giving something to people who are already sick or have already had something, that's called a therapeutic. That's like a drug, right? That's that's not a vaccine. Right. And this, the, also the, the subtle differences here, including what you're saying, is the important change. Instead of producing immunity, which is a vaccine is supposed to do. There you go. Exactly. Immunity, exactly. Right? The new definition states that the pseudo-vaccine stimulates the body's immune response. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Necessarily yeah. prevent transmission. Are you getting sick? I.e., immunity. Here's yeah. another thing: anything that that produces immunity is a vaccine. So the arguments that uh, doctors are making is that hydroxychloroquine, in its oral form, is a vaccine because it produced immunity. And now, people people can interpret that differently, but Dr. Judy Mikovich, that's what she said. We're not against vaccines. She goes, hydroxychloroquine is a vaccine. It produces immunity. And right. so we think of vaccines as something injected, but it doesn't have to be injected. You see, this, this is another thing. It's, it's very interesting. Very interesting. I didn't realize that. But well, um, wait a minute. Wasn't there a vaccine that was taken orally? Yes. That's my point. Or nasally, too. They're, they're right. working on the nasal right. one. 
Right. They do that to dogs. You bring your dog to the vet, it's a nasal drip thing right. they put in the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you know, yeah. you're right. Just that, that's, you know, look, the CDC all of a sudden, after all this time, had to change the definition of vaccine because the COVID vaccine was garbage. Well, you know, just, so it's just, it's, instead of saying it didn't work, they had to change, the, you know, they use verbiage to change what the definition of a vaccine is. You know, oh bullshit, Bill. Let me let you go. Tomorrow, come back on. We'll talk more. Come back on. Early, come on earlier tomorrow because at the end of the show, I have uh, a review of, uh, of Oppenheimer tomorrow. So okay. it's right. a it's a three hour movie, but I'll try to make the review less than three hours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a three hour movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm okay. so Bill. You don't go to the movies, do you? I can't get down the stairs, and I can't get my legs in the car. Now. Do you do you stream <laughs> the movies? No, I, you know, I, I I watch a lot of YouTube clips and I watch shorts and stuff. I don't really, I've never been a big movie goer. Um, uh, well, I was, when I had my ranch and working full time, I, I didn't even have a TV. I was either at work or on the ranch doing projects. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. All right. Well, we'll talk more tomorrow regardless. Thanks. All right, Mike. Thanks. All right, Bill. Okay. All right. So tomorrow I will have that review of Oppenheimer at the end of the show, but we'll talk more about the Grassley document, the Grassley document. Uh, and we'll talk more about RFK Jr. and the state of the race. Um, DeSantis going all over the, he's on media every, he was with Jesse Waters. He was on Newsmax. He's, he's doing this full court press and he's making really big gains. He's making big gains in Iowa, New Hampshire. We'll talk more about that. All right. Well, it was a good show back after a few days off. Um, the name of the show is Unless Be Heard. It airs uh, regularly Monday night through Friday night, weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So I'll be back with a big Friday night show tomorrow night. Hope to see you right there. But until then, this is Micah Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>